Hello, and welcome to the Neff Canyon Ward podcast. My name is Tyler Slade, and I'm excited to bring you all the cool people of our neighborhood and ward. The goal of this podcast is for all of us to get to know each other better, to create unity through sharing our experiences with others in the gospel. This week, we bring you Rick and Becky Woodbury. What a fun, fun night it was to go and chat with the Woodberries and hear a little and get to know them a little bit more and to hear some of their really cool spiritual experiences, especially when they were uh, called on a mission. So without further ado, uh, I hope you enjoy the Woodberries. All right, I'm here with Rick and Becky Woodbury. Thank you so much for uh, agreeing to do this interview. Um, we had so much fun last week with the Stokers. I'm like, well, let's keep doing this and see if we can get some momentum in Neff Canyon. Um, but I want to start by just letting uh, Rick and Becky uh, just basically give us a quick introduction where you're from, kids, grandkids, uh, profession. Yeah, Go ahead, Becky, you start. Uh, okay. So. Um... We have five children and 16 grandkids. I'm mostly from Salt Lake, but when I was a child, we lived in the Samoan Islands. My parents were with the church education. And um, then we were gone for three years in Kentucky. Um, but uh, I... And uh, some years in Massachusetts. And Massachusetts for grad school, too. Um, and um, I got my degree from the University of Utah in special ed, but I've always been in music and theater. I had scholarships in those, and then I was in the Tabernacle Choir for nine years, and yeah. Tabernacle Choir, how fun was that? Oh, it was awesome. It was awesome. Did you get to go to some fun places? Yeah, we went to Europe. Europe. We went to Europe, yeah. And, and then I had, I went US on, tours. and U.S. tours, yeah, quite a few, and uh, yeah, it was amazing, and then I I went on leave for a little while and never could gear back up to go. <laughs> mm. well, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, Becky was one of the most fun mothers that you could ever imagine. I used to say that our kids are going to have a hard time because they've grown up with Mary Poppins and they won't know what it will be like when they get outside of the home. But No uh, one would be shocked by that comment. It was always a jolly holiday at our house <laughs> with Becky. <laughs> That is awesome. Yes. So, Rick, where did uh, where are you from? Where did you go I, to school? Uh, I'm also from Salt Lake. Okay. And went to University of Utah. Okay. Graduated in economics and then did a joint law and MBA degree at Harvard. So, um, and met Becky. We'll talk a little bit about that maybe because it's one of our faith promoting experiences, but met her after my first two years there, so she spent two years with me, and decided that a lot of people decided to work in New York or Boston or something like that, and then they said, but eventually I'll be back in Utah. Yeah. I thought that was unwise because I decided I wanted to choose the place I wanted to live and then try to get in on the ground floor and do the best I could in my career there and not have to start over. Because so many lawyers, you know, work seven years in New York, they're just ready to become partners and then they decide they yeah. want to move west and they, all of that. Start over. Yeah, they start over. And sometimes it's not a fun experience. Sure. 
So uh, we moved back, and I've been doing real estate development and commercial real estate development ever since, and really enjoyed it. Uh, when did the Woodbury Corporation start? What well, year? It was a hundred. It was 1919, actually. Wow. And there's a long story to that. I didn't know we you were that old. Our hundredth year anniversary two years ago. My grandfather started it. Wow. I'm third generation. That's and, awesome. Uh, we have fourth and a few. We have a fourth and maybe some high school fifths once in a while who work there. Yeah. That's fantastic. So how many kids? Five kids, five two kids. daughters, and three sons. Okay. And who, out of the five who are in the business, the family business? Frankly, all of them. All of them? Yes. Uh, they have their own niche. Yeah. Jo- Josh, who you know, mm-hmm. is, is vice president of acquisitions and development. He does that part. Uh, Luke is a architect, so okay. he works in the architectural side. Danny runs our leasing, and then, frankly, Heather's husband Scott is our CFO. Oh, and Kim's husband, Jason, who actually got a job there while I was gone on the mission, hmm. uh, it as construction manager, has a degree in construction management and did that, does that. So everyone has their own niche. Awesome. There's other people, but it's fun to work with family. And grandkids, how many? Sixteen. Sixteen. Yeah. Sixteen. Awesome. Awesome. And they're the best, of course. I'm sure. (laughs) I'm sure. And, uh, yeah. I want to just kind of take this a little bit more uh, spiritual, if you don't mind. Um, Tell Becky, tell us kind of just your, like, your conversion story. Like, when, when did you know that, hey, this is, this, this is my faith? I can honestly say that I have always known. I don't have a conversion story. I feel like I was born with a testimony. And I, other than just saying to myself, is this really true? I go, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I've never had a hard time. And I know most people do, but it, it has always been easy for me to believe. I, I feel it deeply, and I, um, yeah, I, I, I don't question. So it was one I, of I those, believe. maybe it's... Uh, I've can, always said that the blood of Israel runs through Becky's veins. Yeah, it strong. sounds like it. So, so let me put it this way. Is it fair to say that if you were to pray, hey, is the Book of Mormon true, Heavenly Father would say, Becky, you already know that. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Rick, how about you? Well, mine is more of a uh, a Moroni ten four and five experience. So when I was in, I you know I I always sensed that it was true. I I tended to want to go to church, you know, and that type of thing. But uh, um, when I was in ninth grade. I started reading the Book of Mormon in seminary, and one night, I don't even know exactly where I was, but I was somewhere in 2nd Nephi, probably some of the boring Isaiah chapters for all I can remember. Sure. But I was moved to pray about it, and I felt a feeling that that I just can't deny. I felt like I had a confirmation then, and the Book of Mormon has always been a strength to me. Whenever I've faltered, I've thought, you know, like... When I doubted my ability to be 
good or tried it, you know, I've thought yeah. of Ab Nephi and yeah and you know in second nephi uh, five you know four and five where he you know says wicked man that i am but i will still trust in the lord and you know not rely on my own strength obviously the the uh sons of ammon were an inspiration but still cry cry all of the you know so many experiences in the book of mormon i've said to some extent i felt like those stories kind of like popped out of the Book of Mormon. Something like Princess Leia yeah. pops out of R2-D2. They yeah. just seem very real to me. I love it. And uh, so, yeah, my testimony is really based on that. Love it. And it's been a strength to me. Not that I've been very perfect. Definitely yeah. I've had my ups and downs over the years, but it's yeah. kept, it's anchored me. Yep. You said sons of Ammon. Did you mean that? Did you mean sons of Helaman? I mean sons of, yeah. It's okay. Oh, wow. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Yeah. They were the sons of the Ammonites. Yes. Yeah, there you go. So you had mentioned uh, that, that you had uh, a faith-promoting experience, I think, with how you met. Is that? Why don't you share us with the ward what that's about? Yeah, we won't go into into too much detail, but um, uh, Rick was back in in Boston and came home for uh, Christmas break, and um, we were introduced by his cousin and hit it off just immediately, and um, just you know for about five six days, and then he went back to Boston, and. Um, he had a job with Citibank in New York for that next summer, and uh, we talked about that we needed to see each other again, and I was willing to try and get a job in, in New York that summer so we could see each other, but it just seemed like it would put too much stress on our relationship, and unbeknownst to me, he gives up that job so he can come home that summer to be with me. Smart man. <laughs> but, so... Uh, the, we corresponded a lot. Yeah. We wrote yeah. a lot, and we also spent a lot of time on the telephone. But we decided that Becky would come back for spring break. But before then, in those days, there was only one temple on the East Coast in Washington, Washington D.C. And so uh, the you know the stakes would organize a bus so that you would get on the bus Friday night, travel all night, and then do temple work all day Saturday, and then come back Saturday night. And so I went on one of those, and at the time I felt like I needed to pray about this relationship. Sure. And uh, I felt very, very good about it. I was almost afraid to admit that I got an answer, you know, but yeah. I felt strongly that we would get married if I didn't... Wow. No, if I didn't make too many mistakes. <laughs> Don't mess it up. <laughs> well, and, and knowing that he was going to be in the temple that weekend, I wasn't endowed yet. And so the closest thing for me to a temple was at the North Visitor Center on Temple Square. Mm 
Yep. They had a room down in the basement that explained temples, okay. kind of, and it just it had pictures all around, and that was kind of my special place where I would go. And so I went there. Um, no one else was in the room, and I was praying and thinking about him, knowing that he was in the temple. So you were getting as close as you could to the temple, uh-huh. okay. close as I could be. And um, in my prayers, I felt like there was someone else in the room. Mm. And I looked around and there wasn't, but mm. it felt like there were multiple people in the room. And it came to my heart and mind that these were the spirits of my future sure. children mm. and that he wanted them to be their father. Wow. Wow. So, so I, you know, knowing that we, we both kept that to ourselves, but I invited her back and the plan was we'll enjoy spring break together yep. and then... I'll come home in the summer and everything works out. I'll ask her to marry me in August and everything will be fine. And uh, we spent some time. She stayed with a, a, girl, a girl in the ward. And, uh, but we went to New York because uh, uh, she was in musical. You know, she loved musical theater. Mm-hmm. So I took her down and we saw play one night, a matinee the next, and a play the next night. Oh, and yeah. we drove home. You're in New York. Staying with some friends of his. Yeah, <laughs> staying with some friends down there. I mean, we, you know, we really crammed it in. And we didn't, we uh, got home really late because it was rain and traffic jams. And we don't, you know, we didn't leave New York till 1030 or sure. so, you know. And uh, so she stayed in my house uh, in his bedroom, and he was down on the couch. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but the next morning, we were just kind of talking, and uh, what happened, Beck? We just <laughs> decided that we needed to get married. Yeah, you I, just, I just asked her you right knew. there. I said, would yeah. you marry me? And I didn't I, I didn't have a ring. I didn't he wasn't talk planning to her father. It. I wasn't planning it. Oh, I wow. Just, I just, but I knew that that's what I wanted to happen. And she said yes immediately. Yeah. And there was and, no doubt. And there was no doubt. So we got home. Uh, I got home for her well, I, graduation. I, yeah. yeah, I went back to Salt Lake. Salt Lake. Got, did all the wedding arrangements. In fact, his father and I went to go get my ring. Yeah, my dad was a, a, an amateur diamond collector, so I trusted him. Yeah. And I said, here, I have this amount of money, Dad. Buy yeah. the best thing you can find, you know. <laughs> And, and uh, you know, and I did my student teaching. I was graduating, and yeah, he got back a day or two before I graduated, and a couple of days later, we were married. So wow. we weren't. We were only in the same city for a little over two weeks. Wow! But we knew each other's hearts. I love that. By the way, we had the the kinds of letters we wrote, the things we investigated. We didn't know as any day to day details of, you know. He found out that. I don't like fish. Yeah. Not till later. You know? yeah. <laughs> but is that still like true? That. Oh, I hate fish. Wow. <laughs> that maybe you can't it's, go there's to a Japan. Story behind that too. It goes <laughs> yeah. back to Samoa when she okay. was little. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. But but you know, then three years later, after we were married, I got really sick after the birth of our second child, so and, we, and we so we had it. The other thing, we did everything wrong according to the books. You know, very, very short time together, physically sure. together, mm-hmm. and then Had a- got pregnant on the honeymoon. Mm-hmm. So so we had the baby immediately, mm-hmm. nine months later, and then 
Second child. Not. So then the second child. So this is less than three years. Yeah, yeah. So I, I got really, really sick and was in at the doctor's, and he could tell something was serious and wanted me admitted to the hospital right then. But I, because he was saying it was so serious and what some of the possibilities were, I wanted to go home that night to be with my babies. Yes. And, um, and so... Uh, you know, the next morning I was up before they were going to their crib and bed and wondering if I'd ever see them again and if I'd be able to raise them. And um, Rick gave me a blessing, and I was expecting it to be some big flowery, profuse thing that they're going to go in and you're going to be out, you're going to be cured, there's nothing there. And you kind of... I wanted it to be, you know, you've given blessings before. You, you want it to be yeah. spectacular. Right. Mm-hmm. But when I laid my hands on her head, I felt like I sort of saw something, but I could only see one thing, and that was that she was going to live to raise the children. Wow. And so that is really all I could really promise her, that we Mm -hmm. would get through this, that she would live to raise her children, uh, which I think was the primary thing on our mind at the time. Sure. We had a three-month, four-month-old child, six-month-old child, I guess, and then a two-year-old child. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But had we not had we got had had she not got pregnant immediately, with the spacing, she probably would have been pregnant with our second child when, when the sick. cancer came, and there might have had to have been a choice of the life of the mother, or the life of the child. Isn't that something? Yeah, that so we, we know don't, the Lord was. So we know the yeah. Lord was in it. And at the time, know? we usually don't connect the dots. No. no, no, we don't. And and it ended up being fourth stage, the most advanced Hodgkin lymphoma, tumors all through my body, including a huge one behind my heart, and um, surgeries, chemotherapy, radiation, the whole gamut. And they never really talked cure with me because it just fourth stage. But they were hoping to get me into remission, have a little more time with my babies. And I ended up going into remission. And they said that I wouldn't be able to, if I did survive, I wouldn't be able to have any more children. Oh, wow. But I had a patriarchal blessing that said I'd have sons and daughters. Wow. And I had my, my daughters. And two years later, I did get pregnant and without the benefit of ultrasound or anything, I decorated the nursery blue. Because you knew. (laughs) My mother said, you're tempting fate, but I just felt like this was a boy. And when Josh was born, the the doctor was teary, and he said, it's a boy, and he's got 10 fingers and 10 toes, and he's perfect. Because we were afraid he might be deformed from all the chemotherapy. Right, right. And how we love the Josh Woodbury family. (laughs) So Josh has always been like, I always kind of equate him to Noah and, and the ark and, and the trial. And Josh has always been my rainbow after the flood. Wow. My promises from the Lord, you know. And then we had two wonderful sons after mm-hmm. that, too. So it was, you know, we felt like, you know, that the blessing was, was a real thing. It wasn't. Sometimes, you know, when the Lord answers prayers, he you don't get the answer that you expect. Correct. Which kind of leads us into another experience, if you don't mind. Yes, please. You know? Please. We're on. And that I, is, I, can, can I just say something yeah. right now, though? Um, I have to say, and, and, and I hope the listeners can feel this, because I feel the spirit really strong right now. Thank you. And uh, this, this is just pure gold. So, yes, please go. So, the, 
Well, I think we've had many spiritual experiences together, but um, one particular one that was eventful, of course, was the mission call uh, to be mission, mission presence in Kentucky. And uh, we'd been out of town, I think, and so when I got back to the office, there was this message that created a little bit of a stir from Elder Ballard's office that I was supposed to call. And uh, <laughs> I didn't what know could what that it was. Be about? We, were, we were working in the temple at the time. I thought, well, maybe it's some temple assignment, or maybe yeah. we came. Or he down just and, wants to visit. Or he just, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. but you know, but it hit. The only thing that would be disruptive. Yeah. And I'm almost embarrassed to say that we even thought of this would be something like a mission president sure and so we prayed about we you know we got the appointment quickly and prayed about it that night and for me this was 2010 so we were coming out of a recession but not totally in it they're not totally out of it. Yeah, I remember and it well. So, you know, I was really kind of thinking, man, it would, this is not good timing. And our, bo- our boys were just coming home. And our boys, yeah. And Josh was just coming back, and Danny, had ju- Danny was working, and Luke had just quit. He'd been working for an architectural firm downtown, and he quit so he could work with the family. Oh, this is so interesting. And uh, that was in November. This is December, you know. Yeah. And, I just felt like, well, if it was that, I'd love to do that, but I would wish it was a year later. You know, that's just bad timing. And so we prayed about it, and my answer was that we, you know, you never turn down a calling, no matter what it is, you accept it. I love that. Because that's how I was. That's how I was taught. I love that. Call it being church broke. You know, you just. I love that. But. That if you know who else said that, President Nelson, yeah, he said that in his book, yeah, Yeah. fantastic. But if given an opportunity, then that would be a sign from the Lord that I could ask for a deferral, sure, and and that would be fine, that would be the sign. And so, we went into the interview, so well, yeah, and and so very quickly, he says, We're considering you, you know to be a mission president in an English... Uh, wait, yeah, he said three-year mission. Yeah, three-year mission. Or yes. three-year assignment. Which and that he was thinking yeah. we're which going had to, to Japan, mission, right? Yes. You're thinking yeah. Japan. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's what I said. I was so gutsy, and I said, Brother Ballard, are you aware my husband served his mission in Japan, and he also speaks Russian? And he, she looked at, he looked at me and said, Yes, Sister Woodbury, we are aware <laughs> it is an English-speaking mission. And I felt like crawling under the table, like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and so then, you know, we talked about some things, and he said, you know. Well, they, they have a big packet, you know, on his desk yeah. with his picture on the front of it. So Your they file. know all. So he said, yeah. you know, we, we don't call people out-of-state conference on missions anymore. We try to do preparation. You know, mm. and that's why we're, you're having this interview. This is not a call. This is a, a pre- preparatory interview. And when the brethren discussed your situation, their biggest concern was, can he leave the business at this time? Mm. And so we wanted to bring that forward and say, you need to pray about this. Is this an option? And but the, but if you feel like you need an extra year, then then we will put your name at the top of the pile for next year. Yes. It wasn't like 
you know, this may be your only chance. It was, you are definite for next That's year really nice. if you want it. And so I thought... That takes pressure off. I thought, answer to prayer. You sure, know? That's exactly sure. what I was sure. hoping for. And so I went to say, well, Elder Ballard, he, he we've, starts to talk. We've, already, we've already prayed about this. And, and then trying to request the deferral, all of a sudden I was tongue-tied. I could not no get way. words out. And you've talked to me enough to know that that's an unusual thing. No, you're really good with words. To be tongue-tied, you know. <laughs> yeah. But I could not request and the we deferral. Were and we were holding hands. No way. And... Finally, he I looked shaking at, and I look finally at looked at yeah. We've got tears, both of us. And she's shaking her head, yes. No, I wasn't even. I, I was just crying, but crying. we both knew. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like I got confirmation from you. But this and, is taking me so right back to your marriage yeah, proposal. We, we prayed about it, and if called, we'll go now. Wow. So it was... There's, Again, it was not what... Sometimes the spiritual experiences you remember are the ones that are different than what you expect. Yes. You know? Yes. And the Lord wouldn't... You know, he did... That wasn't the answer. That was the answer I wanted so badly that that was the answer I got out of my prayer. But that wasn't the true answer. The true answer was, you got to go. Describe the joy. Describe the joy of having that... Revelation as a as as a couple, it, just right then and there. It was just emotional. It was like yeah, it was spectacular. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, it was. I mean, we knew at the time that the Lord wanted us to do that. Yeah, you know, and yeah. so uh, just a few days later. Yeah, Lord, well, yeah. Elder Ballard said you can expect a phone call from the first presidency. Wow. Over the, you know the next week or whatever, and we did. We got uh, a call from the secretary of President Uchtdorf and went in to him, and he wasn't sitting across a table or anything. He was just almost knee to knee with us, and he said, "We've been considering your name in the different councils for quite some time." And he looked us straight in the eye and he says, "I want you to know that the Lord knows you by name, and He loves you." Right then, I, you know, I mean, you just, and then, and then President Uchtdorf straightened up a little bit in his chair and says, by the authority as a prophet, seer, and revelator. No and way. And he called us. Yeah. And, um, uh, uh, and, and then, the, the, you know, the, kind of the follow-up to that is he then said, you know, don't speculate on your mission. Because you Wait, don't know where you're going. You don't know you're going yet. Sometimes you know? now they do. Now they, by they December, they usually tell you. But, yeah. but this was December, and, they, and it wasn't until February. And then, of course, they sent out a, a packet that listed all the English-speaking missions available the next so week. So you don't start, speculate. Didn't help, yeah, you know? so you're like, uh, but, let me do the math here. But, the, but we were called to Kentucky, and the neat thing about that is that Becky's mother was a convert to the church. And although she was born in Pennsylvania, all of her family is from Kentucky. Wow. And And she spent summers in Kentucky with Coincidence, right? And so it wouldn't have shown up on the charts because her mother wasn't born in Kentucky. Okay. And I had done a lot of the family history research. My mom had four generations before she died, but Rick's taken it back like 
And so I, at sure the time I was moved to do that, I, I used to say that I knew more dead people in Kentucky <laughs> than I knew live people. <laughs> Where's the mission home in Kentucky? It's in Louisville. Louisville. But in any case, uh, when we got the call to Kentucky, we said, this has got to, this is another confirmation that mm-hmm. is from the Lord because yeah. we do not believe the general authorities would, would have, have had it on their records no. that she mm-hmm. had a Kentucky connection. No, I, I, I firmly believe that. You know, it's divinely inspired. It's just inspired. too far back. Yeah. Uh, not that far, but. You and know. we really shouldn't be shocked by that, right? No, we shouldn't be, but it was <laughs> it was really fun. Becky Becky opened it up not realizing what it was. So you she, so they send a the, packet out like a missionary well, they, calling? The or? first packet that had that list it was a big box. Okay. And it has you know, well, anybody who's been a stuff. yeah, anybody who's been a mission president recently knows it's DVDs and CDs and and manuals and all kinds of preparation. But yeah. it had this paper on the top. So, but you know, we we including senior couples, we ended up with six hundred and twenty-five oh, missionaries total. What a joy! And that we love every one. And we went. We were there during the surge. You know, uh, when the when the age, age changed, changed, and we got an increase of a hundred missionaries over just a short period. Younger. And they were all sisters. Oh yeah. And they were amazing. Yeah. Um, and, and our initial theme because of that experience was... Our call. Now is the time. And yeah. so it was referred to as the Great Kentucky-Louisville Mission. Yeah. Where they, somebody mm-hmm. put great in front of Kentucky-Louisville. Yeah. yeah. And so effectively all the missionaries called it the GKLM. Mm. So, so it was the GKLM as a place. Now is the time now is the, the GKLM, GKLM is a place. And that was kind of our motto initially because we knew that it was the time for us to be there. And therefore, we were meant to be with those missionaries. And it was their time as well. I feel like I'm living it all over right now. <laughs> absolutely amazing. Oh, I love anyway. it. it was I love it. It was fun. So you know, we could go through a lot of others. That's but okay. again... Like I say, sometimes the ones you remember are where you want something slightly different, yeah. but it ends up being yeah. true, and it ends up being right. I love you know? what, what I love about what you're sharing are those moments of clarity where yeah. everything comes together, and you have to work for those. They don't just happen, <laughs> right? You have to make a lot of good choices in your life, and then you have those moments of clarity. Mm-hmm. And you've shared a few of them with us tonight, and it's 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 so touching to me. I do want to I, I want to take this just real quickly to sure. another direction, and that is this. And this is one that it, this question just always brings out a lot of fun answers. But a hundred years from now, <laughs> when your posterity and you're not around, and your posterity is listening to this interview. Because um, that's one of the points that I want to make this available for your posterity. Uh, what would you want, Becky, them to know about you? About me or about us? I, I want about either, you and us. Well, me personally, I would want people to know that I lived with joy. And, uh, you know, my, my favorite adage is either act happy or be happy. No one really cares which one. <laughs> and also smile so the wrinkles form in the right places. But, but that I was a woman of faith. 
and um, that I loved my husband totally and completely and that I had faith. I love that. Rick? And for me, it's, it's very much the same. I think that I would want them to know that, that we tried to live with integrity, with honesty, that we tried to work hard, but that in our hearts, the Lord always came first. We knew the gospel was true. Absolutely. And we were committed to each other and committed to the Lord. And because of some of the experiences we, you know, I mean, we tried to love our children and we really would hope that those who would listen to this 100 years from now would know how deeply we felt about the gospel and that they would want to try to build their testimony so that they would feel the same way that we do now. Those are strong testimonies. Thank you so much. Uh, very well said. Thank you for sharing such uh, personal, meaningful experiences, you know. And uh, I, I truly am blessed to be able to sit here and listen to this. So thank you so much. Thank you. My pleasure.